Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode 16 of our Kardashian bonus show. Also, welcome back. I know today we're recording on Tuesday and typically this comes out on Monday, but the studio was closed yesterday for Memorial Day. So here we are, bright and early. (laughs) Julie is so burned that it hurts. So my mom, she texted me. She was like, are you burned? I was like, a little bit, but not bad. (laughs) The most classic lie in the book. (laughs) But anyway, here we are. Um, Obviously, we're going to recap the episode. I want to start by saying there was nothing crazy about this episode. Like we are all definitely waiting for the Jordan episode. I feel like it's it's building, and that's kind of what we're yeah, just that's waiting what we're, around for. Yeah. We're still going to watch these because obviously, why wouldn't we? But just know there's nothing. If you didn't watch for any, like you didn't miss anything crazy. I want to. I think that it's important to set the scene there, right? Yeah, especially this episode. Yeah. It was a little boring. I mean, I personally loved it because we got to see like the house and more of the kids and things. No, like that. No, no, I know, but yeah, yeah, no major plot line. Okay, let's get started. So it starts, they're all at Chloe's house, and they're doing this facial yoga lesson to kind of learn how to <laughs> move their faces more efficiently. And it's like Kim, Courtney, Chloe, and Scott. I was I was laughing out loud. Were you? Yeah, it was so funny. They were doing these very bizarre motions and making these sounds. And anytime Scott is doing it, I just can't not laugh. I know. There's just something about it, I know. And then Rain's like literally sitting in the chair watching them eating a ring pop, not saying anything. They they were dying. I was dying. I thought the whole thing was... I love when they do weird shit like that. Like, clearly that's such a filler. They don't need to do facial yoga lessons. But for me, I'm a I think Courtney needs to do facial yoga lessons, <laughs> personally. Probably. Okay, so the next scene was pretty Chloe-dominated. So it started with Chloe and Malika, and Chris called Chloe to invite her to Palm Springs for the weekend. They wanted to be kind of like a girl's trip, and... You know, Chloe asked Chris if she could bring Malika, which she obviously said yes, which I could never imagine her saying no. Like, to me, I didn't even think that she had to ask. I just associate Malika as one of them. Do you? Yeah. It's it's like if me and your dad went away. That's an unbelievable comparison. 
It's right? Ex- it's exactly what it would be like, yes. It's like, why wouldn't I be there? <laughs> also, Kim calls Chloe and is basically saying that, I guess Chloe feels like her and North don't get to spend that much time together, so she wanted to have a date with her. And Kim calls her and she's like, oh, she's just dying to get in a limo. Like, if, if you could arrange that as if, like, like, didn't you feel the way she did? I was like, oh, as if you could get her this godforsaken limo. It was so weird to me that North's never been in a limo before. But, you know, at first I thought that, and then I realized the Today's limo is the SUV. Yeah, because I remember being in middle school and, like, one of our friend's parents picking us up in a limo, like, getting a limo for us for their birthday and, like, going to the American Girl doll store. And it was, like, the biggest thing. But I feel like if North—the only reason it was weird, it's not because people use limos. It just seems weird to me that North, like, is dying to go on a limo and they never were like, okay, let's just take a limo. I know. Well, it could have been a new thing, though. Yeah. Know, as Kim, Who taught North about limos? <laughs> as Kim would later say, kids are fickle. We'll get into that whole part anyway. Um, but anyway, so, you know, Chloe's like setting, Kim is setting Chloe up for what North's ideal day is. She wants to go to a spider exhibit. She wants to get a limo. And Chloe's like, let's do it all. Which I could imagine Chloe being the funnest aunt ever. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, ever. So we'll explain how that ends in a minute. Next scene is they go to— Stay tuned. <laughs> Next scene, they're at Kendall's house. So keep in mind, the last episode or two episodes ago was the fires. And all of their houses are still, you know, they were fine, thank God, but they still have the smoke and everything. And of course, Courtney, as you know, is crazy with that environmental stuff and didn't want her or her kids, not crazy, I mean, it makes sense, breathing in any of the smoke. So her house is getting, quote, defired. So Courtney and her three kids are staying at Kendall's house. And I thought this was such a funny line when Chloe's over there and, and Courtney's kind of loving it. So you would have thought that she, the second that the house was ready, she'd want to be out of there. But she No, is, Courtney is having the time of her goddamn she's life. She's having the time of her life. So she says to Chloe, she's like, you know, it's just so much easier to live in a small space. And Chloe's like, this is not a small space. I Can I tell you what I felt about that line? Yeah. I felt like that line was one of the ones that we talk about sometimes where they purposely say things because they have to acknowledge to the audience how, yes. how not out of touch with reality they are. Yeah. Chloe and it's always Chloe reining them in because yeah. Courtney is Courtney is possibly more out of touch than Kim is. Like I feel like Kim has some like logical sense of of knowing that her house is just the most ridiculous like monstrosity in the world. And Courtney's like, it's so nice to be in this small little house, this like <laughs> cottage with with Kendall and the kids all sleeping in the same bed. And it's like you're sleeping in the same bed because. They don't sleep in their own beds. <laughs> you know? it, it's not because it's so small that you all have to huddle into one room together. <laughs> I know. No, I feel like Chloe looks at the producer and is like, don't worry, I got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They like text Chloe. They're like, Courtney's being like a little much. She's like, no, don't worry. I'll tell her. I'll tell her. It's just always so funny when that happens. And, and then I guess they have that moment of realization where Courtney's like, yeah, shit, you're right. Anyway, the other thing that I always think is funny is that Courtney— and listen, she does have an excellent sense of interior design. That's that's not a secret. But she goes to these spaces and she's so free to give her kind of two cents. So she's staying at Kendall's house, which, first of all, was very nice of Kendall to let them to do so. And she's totally like, well, if it was my house, I would move those picture frames. <laughs> Chloe's like— It's so classic, Courtney. And I'll tell you, it's because she's an oldest child. That's, I'm telling you. It's so, like, like overly critical of, like, everybody— it's such an oldest child You've thing. said this before, and we've gotten responses being like, yes, Julie, that's so spot on. I'm an only child, so I don't, I can't speak to that, but you obviously can. Yeah. Has that been talked about? You being an only child? Sometimes in my family. <laughs> no, has that been spoken about, though, Courtney? Or like, being an oldest child? I don't know. I think it's... Sorry, fans. Are you fans. literally kidding? 
What? You can't take a drink of water on the podcast anymore? Uh, oh times have really changed around here. <laughs> I can't. I'll admit it was a bigger sip than I had anticipated. I thought it was going to be like, I guess because I stopped in the middle of a sentence to do it. You can't do it in the middle of a sentence, Julie. It's so... My mouth was dry. Oh my, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. It was like the I'm one... I'm not sorry. It was like the one time back in like November when... I took... I ate. When Julie, you know, Julie dead serious says to me, she's like... I honestly think it's a little ridiculous that you won't let me eat M&M's. And I was like, Julie? It was one M&M. No, no, no. So she's like, I'm just going to suck at it in my mouth. So then people, and you know I'm not lying, people responded in masses being like, no, you cannot eat. Like, that's not pleasant for us. (laughs) Complainers, all of you. What was I saying before? I don't know. It doesn't even matter. We're moving on to the next scene. Okay, so now Chloe, <laughs> Chloe gets in the limo to see North to pick up North, and it's pouring rain, and North is standing there. Oh my god! And her little umbrella, standing there with her little umbrella North's and her cute pigtails. with pigtails, really cute, cute with pigtails. We need to tell someone that, like, she needs to be in them more. She is, oh my god, way cuter in pigtails than she is with straight hair. I think it's a different look. Now I feel like I'm one of my older relatives. That's like you look so cute with your hair natural. <laughs> She's just adorable. So Chloe picks her up in this limo, and she's expecting North to be so excited. First of all, North could not be less impressed. I mean, she There's didn't crack nothing, a smile. Yeah. If her life depended on it, she was not cracking a smile. No. From from the second Chloe even got there. So they get into the limo, and Chloe's like, Northy, aren't you so excited? And she's like, well, I really wanted a white unicorn limo. Yeah. It's like, she's like, Chloe's like, haven't you always dreamed of being in a limo? And she's like, a white unicorn limo. What is that? <laughs> She's been spending too much time with Jojo Siwa. Clearly, clear. She's gonna call. Up, she's gonna call up Jojo and be like, "This Chloe." Bitch. That's the only thing that makes her happy. Yeah, That's I know. Concerning. That's why Jojo has such an in with him. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I was Jojo Siwa. Yeah, for like a hot sec, just like less than a hot sec. <laughs> and and then, then I realized that I would never wear a color other than black in your life ever, ever. So then so the other thing she wants to do is the spider. So Chloe has like all these fake spiders, and North looks at it and she's like. They're fake. That is not a tarantula. I'm just like, did you expect she was going to have a tarantula? Yeah. North was expecting a full-on tarantula. It's also funny because, as you guys know, Kim's biggest fear is spiders, always. Like, it's been a thing for years. So I can imagine how there's no way in hell Kim would ever take her to any sort of— Of course not. Yeah. I just wonder— I feel like North only likes spiders because Kim hates them so much. Yeah. that's I Like, feel, she's doing that obstinate thing. I completely agree. So then Chloe takes her to a diner, which— if you guys follow, we plug this account all the time because it's genuinely just so funny. Nori's Black Book on Instagram. They did a whole funny post about it. But Chloe takes her to a diner, which I can understand, like, why that's fun. I don't know. I didn't think that that was a cop-out. I think that it's, for a kid like that, it's more fun than to go to, a, like, a five-star restaurant. For Courtney's kids, yes. For North, she doesn't want that. Yeah, I guess that's like, true. Like, North, North is— North wants Nobu Malibu. Yeah, North is—she's got different standards than the Disick kids. That's <laughs> true. She really does. Well, she's also allowed sugar in her house. right. You know, it's not as big of a deal. I'm sure. I'm literally sure. Like they have pancakes every Saturday. Don't you think that they have like Mickey Mouse pancakes every Saturday it's at like Kim's house? Yeah. Yeah. And also, she goes to Disneyland all the time. There's no way she's going to Disneyland and not getting the Mickey Mouse pancakes with the whipped cream. Yeah. No. Totally. Well, Chloe was unaware of that. She clearly thought she was out with Penelope for the day, and they go in. And North is just still unimpressed. And she's like, "The only thing that could make me happy is if you get me a hamster." Chloe's like, sure, why not? <laughs> Chloe's like, I thought you'd never ask. So they go to Petco, and they pick out this little hamster, and they bring it home. And <laughs> North is like, Mommy, I want you to come into my room. And Kim walks into the room, and there's just 
this hamster in this cage, and Kim was so far from down. North is so funny because she is so manipulative. Like, she knew exactly what she was doing. I, I genuinely think from the moment that she got in the limo and act unimpressed until the moment that Chloe agreed to get her a hamster, she knew exactly what she was doing. She was like, if I make Chloe feel so insecure about the fact that I'm not having a good time on our aunt, like, niece date, she'll get me a hamster. And also, you have to forget, she, I mean, you have to remember, she knows that it's on TV. So she's like, they want the ratings? Bitch, get me a hamster. Yeah, like, you know? fucking get me a hamster. Like, her, her being satisfied is also directly correlated to their paychecks, kind of. Meaning, like, the ratings of the show. Like, that's she's a lot of power. North? Yes. You think she knows that? I mean, I don't know. Not that not that in-depthly, but she probably has Chris a little Chris probably teaches her. Teaches her from a young age. The line that was so funny was they're walking to the I was going to say that, oh, yeah. yeah. No, you go, please. <laughs> really, you can do it. No, really, it's okay. <laughs> they're walking to the pet store, and North is like— my mommy says that you have a big butt. And she's like, well, your mommy's not one to talk, okay? It's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Okay, um, moving on. Well, no, when they get to when they get to Kim's house and they show her the hamster, Kim just, like I said, could not be less down. And she calls Chloe. And these are the types of things where it's like clearly so scripted. It obviously didn't happen like this. I just, right. I can't imagine. First of all, who got the whole cage set up? Like, you know right, what I mean? Like, well, Chloe could have stayed there and set it up with her. It just seems unlikely. A nanny. Yeah, but and Kim didn't walk in on any of it. Like, I don't know. The whole thing just seems off to I, me. It, it, the way it seemed was that Kim had just gotten home. And and North had been back for a while. Chloe had left, left her with a nanny. And Kim had just gotten home. And that's when North, North went down to say, come up to my room. It seems improbable that they would have been home for a decent amount of time. And then North wouldn't have been like, oh, by the way, I got a hamster. Why do we feel the need to analyze this? Like, I'm so interested. I'm, like, trying to figure out the timeline of events. Because it's it's very important to me. <laughs> Do you think that North's hamster and peanut butter Tegan has ever had a play date? Oh, my God. That is an instant story in the making. How have they not done that yet? I don't know. Maybe they haven't. Do you think the hamster's still alive? They were probably waiting to show that the hamster aired on the show. Before. Do you think that—what's the hamster's name? You know, they didn't name it. Very weird. Maybe because Kim knew that it was going to be just a temporary thing. Anyway, so Kim calls Chloe, and she's like— what the fuck, basically? Like, you can't just, you have to realize that kids are fickle and you can't just, one thing that, one moment they want something, you can't just, you know, do it to make them happy. And I felt in this particular scene, I totally understood why Kim was pissed. Did you feel at all like she was a little condescending to Chloe in terms of being a mother? She was like, You'll, you don't understand because your kid's so young. <sighs> or no, was that just me? No, I, I get what you're saying. I think that, I think that Kim is probably speaking a decent amount from experience of the way she treated North when North was a, a very little baby and understanding that, like, it's very different once they get older and they're able to express their opinions and their wants and what, like, because Chloe's never had to deal with True being like, I want this thing that you don't want to have in the house. And it's always like Chloe just buys True whatever she wants because True's a baby. There's no, you know, there's no reasoning. It's just, okay, you want to, like, here's a toy, get a toy. With North, it's like, I want this, 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 and this. And, and Kim's like, you're not just going to get everything. But Chloe doesn't understand that concept. Right. I, it's not even that I disagreed with what Kim was saying. She was spot on. I just felt like the way she was talking about it, I, I felt like her delivery could have been a little better. That's all. I Yes, but at the same time, Chloe was the one that brought a rodent into her house. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would have been. I mean, if I give your kid a rodent one day, there's no way you're going to call me and be like, 
you're an excellent mother. Just a couple of things that I think you should know. Going, you'd be like, are you kidding? You are literally ridiculous. Yeah, no, you would have to run, especially in my house. Oh, oh my, I can't even. I the thought. I'm gonna of it, do that. I'm getting your kid a dog. There's no question. Oh That's gonna be the funniest thing ever. And there's no way that you can rip a puppy out of your kid's hand and give it back. I've I've told you. I understand that when I have kids, I'm gonna have to get a dog. Like, first of all, I can't imagine marrying someone that isn't down, that doesn't want that. I I know it's me that's the problem. Like, I, I wasn't raised with a dog, so I don't understand that but connection. But a lot of people don't get raised with dogs. You don't have to get a dog for your kid. I Okay, I'll put it like this. Everybody that I know, that all of my friends that have grown up with dogs, attribute it as such a hugely impactful part of their childhood. And I wouldn't want to strip it my— is. I wouldn't want to strip my kid of that. My parents didn't strip me of it. I was afraid of them. They didn't get it purposely because of that thing that happened when I was a baby. Do you think if you wanted a dog, your parents would have gotten you a dog? If I, like, really wanted it, Yeah. It would have, thank God I didn't, honestly, because my house was so the wrong environment. My mom was such, such, such a clean freak that, like, the dog wouldn't have been allowed on anything. Yeah. So I, it, I really can't imagine that you would have gotten a dog if you really wanted it. I feel like you still wouldn't have gotten it. I mean, a dog is very different than, like. My dad, though, would have been so down for a dog. Of so course, your, mom, your together, mom wouldn't have wanted a dog. She would think, not have wanted a dog in her house. No, There's but I, no way. She would have made it sleep outside. But the two of us together could have potentially convinced her. I'll tell you one thing. My cousin, for like a month or a couple weeks, we had to take care of his dog. It was hands down. I still think about that. I would climb on top of the counters and just hide up there. What kind of dog? A big one. It was a mop, but it was a big one. How was your mom with the dog in the house? Not that good. She was, she was, every time it would go in in the furniture, it was like a big, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think you would have gotten one. I I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there's no way of knowing now. We can ask my dad about it. We'll report back for that two-minute tangent that nobody cares about. Okay. Um, the, the next scene was they're at Kendall's house. And it's starting to kind of get to the point where Kendall is like, listen, Courtney, I loved having you here, but she's like, she's got to go. And the kids are all screaming. Stuff is breaking everywhere. It's You can tell that Kendall's getting really overwhelmed, which I couldn't blame her at all. I, Especially living alone, having not only someone else, but then three little kids invade your space. That's a lot to deal with. Yeah, especially for Kendall, who just, like, doesn't want that. I feel like every interview where Kendall's been asked about having a baby all stems back to this one time that Courtney and the kids stayed at her house, and she's like, absolutely not. Yeah, it, it totally scarred her. Um, so Kendall calls Chris, and she's, just, you know, just, like, talking about how it's it's really bothersome and how she doesn't know how to deal with it. And I think this is when we started to realize, not that we didn't know it, Kendall really has an issue with confrontation. No, no, it's so, it's so bad. I wonder where that stems from because she, it's not like she grew up without siblings or anything, you know? I don't know. It's, it's, I, listen, I'm not great at confrontation. And like, I know a lot of people, but this is another level. Like, it's another level to not even be like, you you have to get out of here. Like, this is, it's like, She's not going to be mad at you. It's not like you guys are never going to speak again if you tell her to get out. Just tell her. It's like, a, it's frustrating to watch. Well, it's only frustrating to watch because she was so validated in it. It wasn't like her claim right. was ridiculous. It wasn't like she was, you know, No, getting- not at all. And it's such a simple thing to be like, I, I love having you here. I love the kids. It's really getting in my space. If there's any, like, a, not even kicking them out, just being like, if you have any timeline about when you're going to be able to move back into the house, just so I know. Like, there's just different ways to go about it. I think it's a lot of Kendall's social anxiety that prevents her from being able to have that conversation, which is something she's spoken about a lot. And I don't know. No, I agree. I think I, I completely agree with you. I just think it's so 
you wouldn't expect that, I guess, just because the rest of them don't are have that so issue. confrontational. All of them. Well, because I think Chris is is excellent at it, and you would have I would have felt that it would have kind of trickled down. I don't know. Listen, every nobody's perfect. Every all of her shit. I guess that's just her thing. I just can imagine how that because that's her sister. Think about how close she is. It's her sister. Like I wonder how that manifests itself into her friendships. Oh my god, forget about it. Or relationships. Forget about it. There's no way. You know, like that's a really interesting thing to think about. Incredibly. What's a fight with her and former boyfriend, which we'll talk about in the regular episode, Ben Simmons, like? They probably didn't fight. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, the next scene I thought was definitely the most interesting. This is when the whole Corey Gamble timeline comes into play. So they're all at Chris's house, which this was her old house, right? They're Not all, the new house. The the it was house, still the old yeah. house, yeah. So they're all at Chris's house in the kitchen. And it's Chris, Scott, Corny, Chloe, and Kim, which is seriously just the best crew the as best. far as I'm concerned. And it was like a meeting of the leaders. Yeah, it really was. And it was like a UN thing. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And Kim says <laughs> that Kanye texted Corey something really rude, saying something like, you know, that none of them have ever met his family and they've all feel like it's kind of sus as fuck or whatever. I wrote that exactly. Yes, sus, sus as, as fuck. fuck. And, you know, it was very uncomfortable because, first of all, it came out of a left field. It's not like this is a new relationship. Chris and Corey have been dating for a while now, number like one. three or four years. And number two, in the past, the only things we've really seen are Courtney and Corey getting along so well. Like, he's oh, he's never been met with, I feel like, such um, suspicion. There's definitely been a little bit of criticism in the past, but I don't think anything that—it it didn't feel like, okay— here is years of a plot line building up to this one moment in this one confrontation. It felt like, okay, we've decided that we have a problem with Corey now. Let's address it. Like, it was just weird the way it came out. Completely. And, you know, Kim starts by saying that it was wrong of Connie to address it like that, but that she he kind of has a point. And then everyone kind of, you know, gets on board. And it's like, Courtney's like, yeah, you know, it's true. And, and Except for Scott. Everyone, yeah, but, but Chloe, Courtney was like, here's the thing. I think that Connie is just very paternal over all of us and that, you know, there's this person that's so important in your life and he kind of feels like it's a little off that we don't know anything. And Chloe piled on as well. And Chloe was hardcore team Kanye. It was, I don't know, I was totally taken back. Scott totally disagreed. 
But yeah, because Scott will always protect Chris. It's real. The dynamic of the family, I think, really showed in this episode. And like throughout the whole episode, I think that was my one takeaway was just like everyone's different roles in the family. And I just think it's interesting the way that Scott will not go against Chris. The only time Scott will go against Chris is for MJ. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) He like, he really is protective over her. And Chris was basically like, wait, where the fuck is this coming from? Like, he doesn't have that much family, number one. And number two, I'm happy. Like, where are you guys getting? I don't criticize everything about the people that you're with. Right. She even says, she's like, yeah, we're all a little weird. Scott, you were weird for some years. And Scott's like, I'm fine now, right? <laughs> I thought the whole thing was was bizarre. It I, was really weird. It, it, it definitely was weird. Bec- no, but I my thought was like, okay, if Kim's gonna, I understand her, you know, it was right of her to say that Con- what Connie did was wrong, that Connie shouldn't have texted him that. But then she kind of was like, yeah, but, you know, he has a point. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It doesn't matter if there's any truth to that. It's wrong about... The whole the whole thing should have been her apologizing to Chris for the, what Connie did, and that was it. If they wanted to have more of a conversation, I don't think it should have happened at that time. Interesting. I think that this is one of those circumstances where it shows that Kanye's intentions are in the right place, but his delivery is off. And from Kanye's perspective, it was like, I feel my family is, quote, threatened by somebody that we don't know a lot about. Not threatened in the sense that Corey would ever do anything harmful. It was just... I think that Kanye felt something was off. And and Chris said that. She was like, when you keep feeding things to Kanye, he doesn't know not to say something. He's thinking, okay, my family's telling me something, and then I'm going to go into production mode and figure this out and solve it. And that's it. Chris was almost defending Kanye in the sense that she knows that's what he'll do, and that's why you can't say things like that around Kanye. Like, she kind of flipped it. But I think that Kim... I think the whole reason that they were all there is to have that conversation. It was like, okay, Kanye did something wrong. Let's get that out of the way that Kanye did something that was not right and that we don't approve of. But with that being said, the reason he did it is X, Y, and Z, and that's what we need to talk about. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. I just thought, I just thought, basically, for me, it's like, okay, Kim, if you want to apologize to your mom for something your husband did, fully apologize. Don't half-ass apologize and then explain why there was truth to it. That's to me, because I thought that, like, I agree with you. His intentions are always in the right place, but it was still fucked up. That's so wrong. Like, I feel like we're not— It was wrong. No, but think about how really wrong that is. Especially Chris, who has dealt with her kids, multiple of her kids getting married after seemingly not knowing these people at all. Here she is finally really happy after going through a very, very rough divorce. And to have one of her kids' husbands attack her boyfriend for— not even doing anything specific, that's fucked up. Like, it, I don't care how good of a guy up. Kanye is. That's fucked up. And Kim should have, and maybe you're right, that conversation needed to be had, but Kim should have gone there by herself and said, I'm really sorry about this. And then they could have had the conversation. It was an attack. It was a total attack. And you could see Chris was super defensive and super upset and honestly, like, sad, I felt. Yes, yeah, she she was. And I, I think you're right. But I think that the purpose of all of them being together to have this conversation wasn't for Kim to just straight up apologize. I think it was for them to all have a conversation about it. And it's possible that Kim and Chris had already had that conversation and Kim was just reiterating it. I know Kanye's wrong in front of the other the others. Well, that's a different story. That- because we don't know that. And also, I think that honestly, Kim was the most apologetic of Kanye where everyone else was like, yeah, Kanye was wrong, but we're completely taking his side. Kim was the only one that was like, I know he is wrong. Every single other one of them, except for, obviously, Chris and Scott, were like, 
yeah, Kanye was wrong, but he's totally right. Like, Right. And so so if you're right and they, she had previously apologized and this was just a follow-up conversation, then fine. But if this was the first apology— listen. I also don't think that—I also don't think that it's Kim's job to constantly apologize on behalf of Chris. I mean, on behalf of Kanye. Kanye should have called Chris, and, and we don't know that he didn't. But that's Kanye's job to apologize. It's not Kim's job. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree. Obviously, he's a however-year-old man. He should take responsibility for his own actions. But a lot of the time, he may not even understand that that was wrong. Yes, I understand, but maybe it's Kim's place to explain to him why it was wrong. But I don't think it's Kim's place to have to apologize on, on the behalf of Kanye for something that he did that Kim didn't know about, didn't prompt, didn't tell him to do. I don't think—and when you're in this family, it's not like Kanye is just Kim's boyfriend that they've met recently. Kanye is Chris's son now. She's in the family, and it's Kanye's job to go straight to Chris and apologize. It's not Kim's job to constantly defend him. But I— yeah, I I kind of agree with you, but I also think because of this particular situation, it is a little unique, and she she kind of does. I just don't know if Kanye ever apologized. Like I still, what if what if Kanye genuinely couldn't acknowledge or couldn't understand what was wrong, and so he's like, I'm not apologizing. I'm just pro- being protective. Then Kim's like, you know what? Well, then on your behalf, I'm going to say something because that's a possibility. I'm not. I don't know. I'm it is saying. a possibility, but I still. I still think this is something we, like, in the bigger picture of Kim and Kanye, I don't think Kim should have to constantly apologize for the things that he does. Listen, with public stuff, I completely agree. With political stuff, I completely agree. For him wearing the, you I know, think even hat, more with private stuff, she shouldn't have to. I totally disagree. When it's your mother and your husband is the one that's causing her pain and stress in her relationship, I think that it's the right thing to do saying, listen, it wasn't me, but on behalf of him, I just want to say I'm sorry. I think that, because I think that I if think you, she did do that. And right, then, right, and then you're explained. Saying, right, but you're saying that she shouldn't have to. I, I'm not saying she shouldn't have to at all. I'm saying that it shouldn't be her responsibility to go in and be like, 100%, I am so sorry for this happening. It's like, Kanye, sorry. We're also like, whatever. Like, I think it is half her job to apologize to her mom and half her job to explain her husband's side. And if the really apology needs to be delivered in full and a full explanation, then that needs to come from Kanye. Because Kim can't say, here's what he was doing. Here's exa- his exact thought process in the moment. Here's why he did it. Here's what happened after. Only Kanye can explain that. I agree. Again, it just we're kind of going in circles because I feel like I don't know if he'd ever get to the point where he acknowledged that anything was wrong. And I think that this is a unique situation in the sense of that she knew early on that by being his wife, she was going to have to take on a little bit of this role. I'm not saying it's her job to defend him, but in certain situations, I think that sometimes it's it just for the better— the bettering of the of the situation I, from a conflict re- resolution standpoint, yeah. Because of what if what if Chris was so hurt, so upset, and Connie never said anything? Like think about it, like in your own life with your mom, you if if your husband did something that caused your mom genuine upset, just because of how much you love your mom, you would want to apologize, even if he did. I think. You don't think so? No, I I do think so, and I I think you're missing the point of what I'm saying. I I think that Kim had to apologize. I'm sorry on Kanye's behalf, whatever. It wasn't right. I'm acknowledging it was wrong. But I don't think it's Kim's job to completely explain away Kanye's things. I think that Kim can only speak on her own behalf. If you apologize to me on someone else's behalf, the apology to me is still coming from you, not from them. Yes, no, you're you're completely right about that. Yes, I agree with you. I think that we kind of agree. I I think we kind of agree, but 
we're we're I think where we're disagreeing is the extent to which Kim needs to apologize on on Kanye's behalf. Right, and I just think that it's situational. And with this particular thing, I guess it was just because I saw how hurt Chris was, and because I felt like it came out of left field that I felt like any sort of resolution would help, no matter of who it was coming from. I just think it's impossible to say whether or not that Chris and Kanye had had a conversation. We have no idea. You're completely right. That's why we're kind of this whole thing is is kind of pointless because we're really operating in the dark. Um, but yeah, I that would that's it. I will say that would be an interesting piece of information to know whether, whether or not it happened and if it did happen, how it did happen. That's the shit that should yes. be filmed. Yes. Right? Fuck we a hamster. Can, yeah, fuck a hamster. <laughs> okay, we can stop fighting now, I guess. That wasn't a fight. It was a little bit of a fight. That was not a fight. I, I agree with everything you said. I think that we just had a little bit of a difference in opinion. You hate fighting. I'm a Libra. I just enjoy resolution. Sorry, you're such a Scorpio. I actually put that in there in a later note about Kendall. Oh, the, You'll get to it. Okay. Um, moving on to the next scene. This is one of the, this is the epitome of a filler scene. It was the fact that, you know, Kim had to take North or pick North up from dance class and she quote, couldn't find the hamster. Obviously she could. She just wanted Chloe to have to find it and stress out about it. The whole point of this was that it was so pointless and stupid, but on Chloe's wild search for the hamster, we got to see a shitload of the house. Yeah. That was the purpose of it. That's honestly for me, let her chase the hamster around the entire episode as long as I could see the house. The thing that was so stupid about it is that like, Chloe was like, lesson learned. I will never buy another hamster. I was like, nothing happened. It was in a ball rolling around the house. I know. <laughs> no. The point of that, as far as I'm concerned, was just to see the house. And also, they very conveniently put Sushi, their dog, in the corner. I, we get so many inboxes of people being like, yeah, Sushi put what, on hap- a, what happened? Sushi put on a little weight. I know. A few people being like, what happened to Sushi? Do you think he's gone? And then they like, purposely put it in. And she's like, no, the dog's still alive and well. We hadn't seen the dog in forever. Yeah, also... Like, what, North moves on so quickly from sushi that she needs a hamster? I know. We just want to take one minute to tell you guys about Tiki's. I know we talk about them all the time because we are so obsessed with this brand. So they are the leather sandals that are handcrafted in Brazil. Here's how it happened. So basically, Tiki's was founded by a husband and wife duo, Carly and Jesse Burnett. And Carly came up with the idea when they were in St. Bart's. So every year they go back to St. Bart's with their two kids. It's very, if you've been to St. Bart's or know anything about it, these sandals are very much kind of on brand, simple, elegant, classy. Um, They just launched their vegan leather, which is the matte collection. And their best-selling shade is actually cocoa butter. They also have a nudes collection, which was designed to match every skin tone. Personally, our favorite thing about this brand is that there's monogramming available. So, you know, it's like one thing to monogram your luggage or your bag, but to actually be able to do it to your sandals is very cool. And it's it's an amazing accessory, um, you know, or a gift bag for bridal showers or or baby showers or whatever it is. And fun fact, which we love to say, Anna Wintour bought tiki's for all of the women at her daughter B. Schaefer's wedding, which we always say because it's so true. Like, what better stamp of approval than Anna Wintour thinking your product is superior like that. You've also probably seen them on Beyonce, Angelina Jolie, Cindy Crawford, Steph Shep, and all over Instagram. So our listeners get 15% off with the code CBC. Go to www.tikis.com slash CBC. That's T-K-E-E-S dot com slash CBC. So again, go to www.tikis.com slash CBC to check out the pairs that they have. Our listeners get 15% off with the code CBC. Okay, now back to the show. Okay, moving on to the next scene, which I'm not really going to get into. I just want to touch on one important piece because it's important to acknowledge and keep that in the back of your head for a later scene, which was that Courtney, her friend Sarah, and Kendall are all at Kendall's house. And Kendall kind of walks in and is saying that she like can't find her mug and she can't find the vegetable oil. And Courtney's like, we don't even use vegetable oil. And it kind of just starts to set up the scene for Kendall's frustration with Courtney being there. And then we see yeah. that play out. 
Courtney talking about not using vegetable oil is just so, so classic. She's like, we are above vegetable oil. Yeah. <laughs> God okay. She was like almost insulted that Kendall would assume that she what was What kind of oil do you think it. she uses? Avocado, avocado oil. Avocado oil, yeah. yeah. For a second, like the word canola flashed through my head. I was like, get out of there. I know, I don't know why I thought that. Oh my God. Okay, intro us to the next scene. Let us go to Palm Springs. Chloe, Malika in the car. They get to the Palm Springs house. My heart drops every time I see that house. Every single time. Fucking orgasmic. So they're getting out of the car and Malika's like, I think Corey's here with Chris. And Chloe's like, no, 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 not possible. There's no way. Like, she's freaking out as if, like, a serial killer is there. As if she'd never seen Corey in her life. Like, as if she'd never spent a weekend with him. It was The whole thing was ridiculous, I, but okay. I guess the it was a combination of Chloe had in her head that this was going to be a girl's weekend with just her, Malika, and Chris. And the other half of it being, it's still a little bit awkward because of the fight that had happened or because of Kanye's text and all of that. Um, so they, they come into the house, and they're sitting, and they're eating dinner, and they're talking— and Corey made an interesting comment after Chris said that she had watched that Monica Lewinsky, the, the Clinton documentary about Monica Lewinsky. And they're explaining that the way that the Monica Lewinsky story broke was that Monica Lewinsky told one of her friends about the affair and that friend had said. And Corey makes this interesting comment like, it makes me happy when Chris watches things like that because it it makes me think that she'll learn a lesson about not oversharing or not telling everybody your secrets. And it was like a weird comment. And it was obviously Corey's intro into being able to say his side of the story about being secretive and not really showing his family. Um, but I don't know about you. I thought this was incredibly overdramatic and incredibly uncomfortable. You're saying on his part? No, on Chloe's part. Like, yes, it was weird the way he introed it, but he was clearly trying hard to explain his side of the story without making it too confrontational and Chloe was like oh my god this is so uncomfortable we can't be here we have we have to get out of dinner and it like I didn't think it was as uncomfortable it only got uncomfortable after Chloe made it so uncomfortable first of all I agree my question was was okay was his was what he was saying in response to just the text that Kanye sent him or did Chris tell him yeah by the way all the kids were talking about it and they kind of agree with Kanye like do you Both. think so you think Chris had the conversation with him? Yeah, I think it would have been impossible for for Kanye to have texted Corey that Chris to know the reasoning and not explain it to him. I think that they had a conversation where she was like, listen, the, the, where this is essentially coming from is that the kids feel like you're hiding something from them by not introducing them to your family. So I think that Corey, instead of wanting to make it a huge thing where he's like, listen, here's the deal with my family. Here's why I don't do things. He kind of was beating around the bush to say, the way he did it was very weird, admittedly, but he was kind of beating around the bush to say, you know, not everything needs to be shared. Not everything needs to be information for everybody. Some things you can be kept to yourself. And I think that Chloe made the situation so uncomfortable by not being able to respond and be like, okay, well, we're going to go because we we can't sit here any longer. It was cringeworthy. It was cringeworthy. They get up, they go to the bathroom, they FaceTime Scott from literally the bathtub, like a dry bathtub, just sitting there talking about how uncomfortable it was. To me, I thought it was, first of all, you don't even give this man the respect of a conversation. It's just weird. And also, again, they've known him for years. This isn't new. It's just weird. It was just a weird like, the way everything played out. And it was a weird plot line, and it was, I don't know. The reason I guess I have such a 
like the reason that I, I this bothers me, this whole storyline kind of bothers me is because, like I said, Chris has been so, so, so supportive of them. And I understand in, in terms of all of their relationships, think about Lamar. I mean, it couldn't get worse than that. And she was right there. And I understand that they are very protective of, of her. You know, it's their only parent, most of them. And they, I mean, she's the matriarch. They adore her. I totally get that. But there's a difference between being protective and then being disrespectful. And I know that's never their intention, but to me, this came across as really disrespectful. Yeah, they walk that line a lot. And I, you know, I, listen, if anything, Chris is the parent. If there's anyone that should be super protective over some of their, you know, not so perfect choices in terms of relationships, it should be her. And even when she is, she handles herself with a level of graciousness that I think that Honestly, they just don't with this type of stuff. And I can't speak to what it's like to be in a family with all those kids, but I don't know. It, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. I think there's a different maturity level that you can have when you're a parent judging a child's relationship with somebody. And it's more of a place of, I just want my kid to be happy. And I think as a parent, you understand that mindset a little more. I think when you're a kid and you're watching your mom and it's a different it's a different level of protectiveness because there or protectiveness because there's a selfish motive there. You know, I feel like for Chris with, you know, Lamar and Chloe, it's like the the only thing that really happens when things go awry is that Chloe gets her heart broken. It's not like all of the maybe not Lamar is not the best example because there were so many other things with Lamar. Let's say Tristan. The only thing that really happens is Chloe gets her heart broken. There's no real spiral effect to the rest of the family, in my opinion. But when I feel like when it's a parent dating someone, it's like, okay, here's somebody coming into our lives that's with our mom who's kind of taking on unpurposefully the role of another parent who is now in our day-to-day lives every day. And I'm not used to seeing somebody with my mom and I'm more protective over my mom. And I think it's just a different dynamic. I think kids, especially with the way that, you know, Rob and Chris's relationship ended and the way that Chris was towards Rob like with the whole cheating thing, I think it's just, I'm not, I know I'm not explaining myself well here, but I no, think I it's you. just a different dynamic. No, I mean, it totally is. You can ask like any therapist, they'll say that the exact same thing. Of course it is. And yeah, you're right. Like in terms of other things that come into play, for example, when Chris ends up with someone, how much of the inheritance is going to them if she right. passes first, especially Corey's younger. I know these aren't things that are at the forefront of their mind, but somewhere subconsciously they must be. It always is. I see this all the time at like family therapy stuff. It's a thing. You think about things like that. Whereas, when, yeah, when you're the parent, you're not thinking about that right. aspect of it. And that's true. I, I get it. I just, you know, I, 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 I still, it still to me isn't really an excuse, especially because what I think that they miss the ball on a lot is They've been doing a reality show for 10 seasons now or something. How many seasons? Whatever. A lot of seasons. Way of more seasons. than 10. Oh, how, uh, 10 years. 10 but years. Like 16, 16 seasons. seasons. Yeah. They are used to every single aspect of their lives being public. So I felt like they were approaching this from the angle of comparatively speaking to them. Not everybody is as public as they're going to be. And you can't expect someone that comes into their life to be. Well, I think the other side of that is not even just being public for the show, just being so open with each other. They're such an open family. They tell everybody everything. Everybody has to know everyone's business. And I think that an outsider coming into that family and not necessarily having that relationship with his own family or not having that relationship with anybody maybe before where it's everything has to be discussed and everything's open and everything's shared. I think that the kids did a really bad job of understanding that their family is unique in the way they interact with each other. Exactly. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was like pulling a Scott this episode. I was just super protective of Chris. I think that I'm seeing everything from a really defensive lens. 
I get it. I think Especially because nothing happened. Like, they're acting as if something crazy happened with Corey. Like, he betrayed them or betrayed Right, Chris. that's what it goes down to. It what doesn't, nothing happen. It's like they randomly decided to flip a switch. They were talking about it. Kanye got pissed, and now everybody's, like, causing a riot. And I, I, I was, it was totally uncalled for and blindsiding for Chris. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, anyway, so the next morning they kind of wake up and they just they just leave and you know they hug Corey goodbye and that's it and they were like dying to get out of there. The whole thing was uncomfortable. I could have done without that. Yeah, it was like a very I don't know. Chloe was incredibly I feel like immature during this whole thing yeah. and during this one it was like why are you acting like a child that you like can't stay in the house for another day? Especially because in certain ways she's so mature. Yeah, you know. We just want to take one minute to tell you guys about stamps.com. So here's the thing. No one really has time to go to the post office. You're busy. Who has time for all that traffic, parking, lugging your mail and packages? It really is a hassle. And that is where stamps.com comes in. It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses like ours. It eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. So basically, this is how it works. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Post Office right to your computer. So whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. This is how it works. You just use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it off in a mailbox. It's that simple. Also, with Stamps.com, you get $0.05 off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. Not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Right now, our listeners are getting a special offer that includes four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. So just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in CELEBS. That's Stamps.com and enter code CELEBS. Okay, now back to the show. Um, okay, the next scene is they're at Kendall's house and it's Courtney and Larsa. Tell me if you agree with this. There's something I'm just fascinated by Larsa. It's not even that I yeah. like her so much. I just love watching them interact. I don't I know really what it like is. I really like their friendship. Her I and, really do. Her and Kim or her and Courtney? Him and Co- her and Courtney. I agree. I don't really care much about her and Kim. I think it's not that interesting, but I think her and Courtney's relationship is really interesting to watch. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, they're just in Kendall's kitchen and <laughs> Courtney's like, let's have um, a discussion. Oh, wait, that's you. I wrote that, what I said. <laughs> yeah, no. I thought she said that. No, I'm saying let's have a discussion about Kendall's decision to have green cabinetry in her kitchen. <laughs> when blue or a light blue-gray would have been the obvious choice and not a overbearing forest green. <laughs> Wait, I got to tell you something. Because of how Courtney in the previous scene was talking about Chloe, talking about like how she disapproved of her interior decoration, I literally thought she said that. Oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> she should have instead of the picture frame comment. So what would you have liked to see? You'd like to see a blue? A navy blue or a blue-gray. I'll show you some options later. I think you're really going to agree with that marble backsplash. The Carrera marble, please. There's no reason the green cabinetry should be there. It's a little <laughs> overbearing. It's a little much. Don't you, don't you agree? Did you like it? It wouldn't have been my choice, but it's so Kendall. It is so Kendall. Tell me that house was not Kendall. That's to a whole him. other circumstance. <laughs> was it not her to a T? Oh, it was. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, Courtney's just explaining to Larsa how Kendall like thought she took the vegetable oil and this and that, and Larsa's basically like, "Dude, you have completely overstayed your welcome. You got to get out." And Courtney's like, "I have." Like shocked as if someone could possibly make that revelation. Also, Larsa's such a narc. She's like, "Oh, you're gonna tell her about rain peeing the bed?" We're like, "Oh my god, don't say on national television that rain just peed the bed." You know, it's funny that you said that because that was my first thought. Of 
you know, they not only the Kardashians, like all these famous people get so much backlash for talking publicly about things with their kids. And they're like, when they get older, are they going to be so embarrassed? That was like not right. No. Right? Especially because Rain's, a little, I think, a little old to be wetting the bed. Actually, I don't know. Four. I guess it still happens then. But he's he's. it, it was still like such a narking situation. I, di- I didn't like that comment. Anyway, that's kind of when. Wait, and then Chloe, Courtney's like. You think she's even going to notice? And Lars is like, yeah, you have to buy a new mattress. Yeah. <laughs> Although, not every single kid that's wet the bed bought a new mattress. No. They could have gotten it, like, deep cleaned or something like that. That was a very Kardashian solution to that situation. Yeah. But the, the other thing is that usually when you have kids, you put, like, a, a pad down. Right. Obviously, Kendall probably doesn't have a pad down. Because she's on so her, thrilled. On her to mattress not. topper or, like, whatever, because— She's not assuming that anyone's peeing in the bed in her house. Yeah, she. Although I know some people are older, and <laughs> she proudly doesn't have a, a mattress topper. She's like the most thrilled to not have kids that I've ever seen anyone. Yeah, especially after this weekend. Oh my god, please! Yeah. She's never having a kid in her life. No, literally ever. So I guess I think Courtney kind of gets the message. The next scene was really interesting. It was finally when when Chris and. Chloe, they're at Kim's house, and they sit down, and they kind of have a really deep conversation about the whole Corey situation. And this was when when Chloe really came around and kind of said, it's like she listened to this episode. (laughs) Yes, I agree. You know, she really was like, listen, I I hear you, and if you're happy, we're happy, and we just get protective. I thought it was a really— I thought—the reason I thought it was really interesting is because, again, going back to the family dynamic thing, it's like Chris says— you know, I, I need to talk to you about it because your sisters and your brother look to you in this circumstance. And it's because Chloe is so often the voice of reason that I think even though she's younger than the others, they really do look to her and like let her guide the way they're going to interact and, and the way they're going to, you know, view people. And they take her opinion very seriously. And I think it, it's just an interesting dynamic that that's Chloe for everybody else in the family. Completely. So when she starts going off on it, then they really like rally behind her. Yeah. It was, a, it was, it was a sweet, it was a, I was proud of the way that that went down. Were yeah. You? It was a good conversation, I think. Yeah. I think it was a necessary conversation. I thought it was really like interesting when Chris says, um, I think something you guys don't realize is that Corey's like really taking care of me like no one has in my entire life. That was a really interesting statement. <sighs> that line hit. Yeah. It hit hard, right? Slap. How do you think she meant? I don't know. I think she meant, clearly she didn't mean financially. Sexually. I think she meant like sexually, emotionally, from uh, making her feel youthful. Yeah. I I think that also, you know, the timeline of her relationships, if we take our three big relationships, let's say Rob, Caitlin, and Corey now, the, the way it happened with Caitlin wasn't so much that Caitlin swooped in at a time in her life where Chris needed help. It was like Chris had, you know, left her marriage and Chris was kind of in a in a almost power position. I think after everything happened with Caitlin, it was like Chris was left heartbroken and and felt like it wasn't her fault and she was so, you know, out of control of the situation. And I think the way Corey swooped in after that set the tone for their whole relationship. Completely. Completely. And very out of left field. He was not very. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. The next scene we see was Courtney and Kendall. They're at Kendall's house. They finally 
kind of have the confrontation and Courtney gets her her vegetable oil. She comes with these three giant containers of vegetable oil, which I'm pretty sure were like Costco brand or something. They were not, I'm shocked that they weren't some sort of organic. Yeah. Like I mean, they had to take the label off, I guess, but. And she also gets her the glass mug to replace the ones that Kendall was missing that one of the kids broke. I want to say something about these mugs. People were asking us what they were. I didn't do research yet. They were stunning. They're these big glass mugs that I guess can really just fit a lot. And and this is the part where Kendall has like six or something. And Courtney's like, oh my God, they're amazing. I already ordered 20. And she's like, why do you need 20? Right. Like Courtney was like, what do you, why wouldn't I have 20? That's, it's really funny that that happened is because this is a conversation I had with Isabel recently where somebody was ordering something and she was like, oh my God, get seven more, get in every color. And I was like, that's so, like, why do you, I was like, why do you always have to go to the extreme of order? Just let her order one. She doesn't, she doesn't need seven. That's why Isabel's a bad influence on me. Yeah. Because, oh, well, because, th- and then it was a whole conversation about, you know, she was saying that when she was little, if something fit well or something looked good, it was like, oh my God, get a million. That looks amazing. Whereas when I was little and it was something, if I wanted something that was similar, I was like, you don't need that. You already have something like that. Got something else. Yeah. Mine was totally the former. That was my grandma's thing. If the shoe fits, buy it in every color. Right. So, I mean, you saw my mom's closet in terms of if she likes one t-shirt, it's 30. Right. Whereas my my mom was always like, why do you want something that you already have? Let's get something else. Yeah. So funny. Interesting. That's that's probably why I have maybe 600 of the same. Gildan sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah, Like off the shoulder Gildan (laughs) sweatshirt. Anyway, so she... She, you know, she finally acknowledges that she's leaving and they're in the fucking bedroom. Courtney finally tells her she's leaving. And Kendall's like, you really don't have to go. And I wanted to fucking shake her. Look what I wrote. What? <laughs> oh, she's a Scorpio also. Am I get it now? <laughs> <laughs> like she won't like even like in the final moment, she's like, oh my God, it was amazing. So great having you here. No sure? problem. Stay for another week. Yeah. What? Oh my God. The kids are going. They're so fun and loud. <laughs> Gone so soon. I know. I was like, I was like, Kendall, are you literally kidding? She's giving you an app to say thank you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she could have, yeah, that, this episode really brought to the light her, her lack of confrontation ability. Okay. Let's get to the last scene, which is Chloe and Kim talking to Corey and Kim is kind of explaining to him that the way the Kanye handles situations isn't how she would have done it. And, you know, Corey's saying that he gets it. He's like, I never had a problem with people having the right to express themselves. He's like, look, I'm still wearing Yeezys. <laughs> Did you see, he like, points yeah, to his Yeah, he pointed shoes. right to his Yeezys. Yeah. Um, and they were, they were talking, you know, Kim said to him, like, we saw, me, Chloe, and Courtney, and Rob saw my dad go through different relationships with people who were so nice in the beginning, got my dad to marry them. The second they married, flipped, and we would give them such hell to the point where they would break up with my dad because the four of us were such monsters. This, you wrote this on the outline, but it's interesting. We were literally just talking about this on the OJ episode about how we were like, why would she marry him right before he was about to die? Mm-hmm. What happened there? So that was confirmation kind of from them. Yeah, and and that other marriage, that was like that quick 30-day marriage that he had, yeah, it's very interesting. I I also think that something I also wrote was it'd be interesting to compare the way that Rob is in relationships and the way Chloe is, like their level of trust in the beginning, getting Rob, them into trouble. Yeah. Robert, her father. Robert, Robert her father. Robert, her father, Like yeah. in the way that they're speaking about all of these women come through and he's so trusting of them and they seem so great and amazing and then they flip. I think it's really interesting in terms of the way Chloe's relationships have been. Mm-hmm. That is, it's so true. That's kind of what's gotten her into this. But now she's she's almost flipped. Now I feel like her guard is so up and her, it level, has to her be. level of trust. I mean, it's really crazy that her guard wasn't this up with Tristan. After what she went through with Lamar, 
I mean, do you think that it's possible that any of her, the way she's um, uh, reacting to Corey is heightened because of her recent lack of trust due to the betrayal she just experienced? 100%. Yeah, I think so too. I think that when, I think that, I think that's going to extend to everybody in her life. I think and so And I too. think that she may not even understand that that's where it's coming from. But I think that, I think that every male figure in her life, she's going to have trust issues with. Yeah. I totally, totally agree with you. Even, even not in her life. Like, not in her direct life. Like, in Chris's life. Yeah. Anybody who's involved with her or that she interacts with, I think she's just going to have some level of trust issues with. Let me tell you something. I pray for any of the current or future boyfriends that betray any of the other siblings. Like, God forbid something happened with Travis. Yeah. I think Chloe would fucking go rogue on him. I think so, too. Right? Mm -hmm. Out of all of them. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so the scene ends with them kind of making up, and it's really nice. And Chloe says to Corey that, you know, she's like, my mom loves you. She's really so happy. The only thing that bothers her about you is your closet. And Kim's like, I don't know if you knew this, but— Back in my day, like, I was the closet organizer, and Chloe was my assistant. I had no idea Chloe was her assistant during that. I've never heard that. She's like, so, you know, let's take a peek. And they walk in, and it's so anti-Kardashian in terms of being just, you know, organized to the T. Right. Corey is so embarrassed. He's, like, closing the cabinets left and right, making sure they don't see. But it was a funny kind of full circle way to end. And I felt like they redeemed themselves. Still, I'm not thrilled about the way they went down, but listen. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Such is life. Such is life. And now we just wait patiently until the Jordan episode. And uh, guys, let's just buckle up for that because I am. I'm so ready. Are you ready? Julie, I've never been more ready for anything in my I life like ever. Are you fucking kidding me? I think me? you think you're ready, but when it hits, you're not going to be ready. Oh my God. Are we going to have to do an emergency episode just on that episode? Fuck yes. Yeah, literally, yeah. Although I don't understand how it's going to be any different than doing an episode about every other episode, <laughs> it's but not, somehow it's going to have to be a little different. We'll just call it an emergency just to add drama because holy fuck. Clickbait. Yeah. Okay, guys, we will see you uh, tomorrow for our regular episode. And yeah, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, Generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.